Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, actor, comedian, and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. Well, I would like to start the show off today uh, saying happy birthday to Joe Biden. I'm wearing my uh, Joe shirt that I purchased in D.C. when I was there on a trip. And uh, it's a, a good birthday for him. He's, you know, in the last 24 hours, he has been responsible for not only taking care of his colon health, as many men his age and and our age and up, John, you know, and I yeah. uh, should should be looking I, into. I haven't done it yet. Have you done it? Um, I refuse to answer on the grounds that it may incriminate me. I will say, okay. though, that the, the doctor does know me uh, by a nickname at this point. And uh, and at this point, everything's fine. But um, <laughs> the the you know, not only did he do that, which we applaud and we're glad that people recognize the value of that thing. But he also handed over uh, presidential power to uh, the the first woman in American history to hold the power of president. Oh, yeah. while he was under general? That's right. That's right. I love uh, it. Joe Biden trusted Kamala Harris and everyone in his cabinet enough to actually do something that George W. Bush did uh, twice, handed over power to Cheney twice. Now, think about the trust exercise that that is. Like, oh. Re- you know, I think Reagan did it once, but but George W. Bush was like, he was he went back in for seconds. And um, well, I like, didn't arguably wasn't Cheney just in charge the whole time. Yeah, well, that's I think that's the irony <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that was what he really gave away was the pretense that he was in right, charge yeah, of the yeah. government. Yeah, it must have been a great relief, actually, to, uh-huh. <laughs> to him. Yeah, like now I, I can stop. I get to stop being Pretending to be president for like forty-five minutes—it's the sweetest sleep I ever had. I just need you know, a nap. I just needed a nap. Um, so the that in and of itself, the fact that—and and by the way, if if anything could give you sort of the faith to allow that that nap to come upon you in this particular circumstance, knowing that if something, God forbid, would go sideways, you were responsible for the greatest leap forward in American infrastructure since the highway bill and you got through the greatest infrastructure the greatest um, rescue package in American history in dealing with you know COVID specifically and the ancillary uh, financial aspects of it which by the way the greatest effect of those of that particular rescue package and some of the other stuff that we've had to do in the last year is indeed inflation is indeed a a 1.7% rise over normal of inflation if you take out how deeply the prices went in a hole last year when no one was going anywhere doing anything to what they are now. And if you took gas and cars out of the pricing index, it drops to incredibly normal uh, numbers and shocks the crap out of everybody that the American economy is doing so well by comparison. Also, the big fear about gas prices, we'll talk about this today, is that ultimately they are going to get to a price where electric cars start to look good to people who have been hating on the concept for a very long time. And that having an infrastructure bill that provides thousands of charging stations across the nation, um, which wonderfully rhymes and uh, 
I think at some point should be- belong in an updated version of living in America. If you know, if anybody. Feels oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Electric we stations. We Rocky and almost across the every nation. show. I try. I try. It's it's for my girlfriend. She's a huge Rocky fan, and and with and with good reason. Um, so. Having you know, going under uh, you know anesthesia, tr- being able to trust—what a nutty concept! Being able to trust your vice president to not go mad with that power and and walk towards you with a pillow or whatever bizarre <laughs> fantasy Trump had about why he would not go under, um, you know, <laughs> because of Pence. You know, the, it may, I don't know. Many people may know this, but. Trump famously stayed awake during his colonoscopy because he didn't want to hand over, he didn't want to sign over control of the government to Mike Pence uh, for even moments. Yeah. So he was willing to go through it. Now, it may have been that. It may have been that he was just looking forward to it. And I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. You know what I mean? To each their own. You know what I mean? And I think it's... I think that, that if, if if Trump needs to tell us something, we're all here to listen. Um, what somebody in your yeah, office there, Doc? Moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like we require an entire uh, rundown of those particular. Um, Just every flight of drop you got. River. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you using the whole fist, Doc? There you go. Thank you, Doc. You ever serve time? Drop your shorts and bend over, Mr. Babar. Yeah, there's, they're a little out of order, but right. you get the point. Um, there is a, um, yes, right. Everybody in the chat, no kink shaming at all. So Trump, if you need to, it, yeah, absolutely. If you need to come out dressed as a gimp and finally maybe release some of the rage and anger um, that you're carrying around, good for you. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe you and Lindsay can just open up to your realities, and maybe that tension being removed from you might make you a better person. I'm just saying, we're, we're, we'll still judge you on all the other stuff. Um, uh, Hal Vickery says, uh, get your colonoscopy if you're, not a, if you're of, the, of that age. My first one probably saved my life. Thank you, Hal Vickery, for that wonderful super chat and the fantastic advice. Absolutely. And I will stay awake during the whole thing and more than likely live stream it. But the, the important thing... <laughs> Is that um, these, you know, the Build Back Better bill also passed that morning. The morning he was going in, the day before his birthday, Build Back Better passed the House. It's going to the Senate. It will now get, it will go through committee and it will be wrangled and there'll be a bunch of stuff stripped out of it. And people will be a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth and some stuff will get added in. But ultimately, it will lay the groundwork for a lot of programs that the American people, through the normal, function of democratic taxation will decide that their tax dollars in an effort to preserve freedom and save their fellow citizens from the threats they actually face, not that they fantastically face in some sort of mythical realm of, of battle that lays ahead, um, will will decide that, that that's where their tax dollars should go and that they should ultimately um, you know, be directed in that sense. Now, of course, the right will call that socialism. They'll call that communism. <laughs> They'll go for the communism part of it. Because if you take tax dollars from the American people 
and you put them where the American people want them to go to solve problems that the American people on their own, as bootstrappy as they might be, cannot possibly expect to handle. In the same way that we have a military, because none of us individually are, are like, uh-oh, the, the Chinese are going to invade. Everybody get in your own rowboat if you care and start rowing towards the islands. Right? If you care. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? That's why we have a military. In the same way, you know, cancer, infectious disease, that's why we have a CDC and an NIH. Think of it as military spending against the world's smallest yet most violent adversary, uh, meaning, you know, infectious disease and and diseases of encroachment. like Which like is actually going to be the title of your autobiography, isn't it? The smallest, most violent adversary? Yes, absolutely. And it's going to have a, a little... <laughs> tiny picture of me on the front and just a big blue cover i'm gonna be shrunk down <laughs> okay, on it and and, and it's a magnifying glass and I'll, I'll just have yeah like, um <laughs> but you know yeah exactly bob in our chat room marxism it's marxism uh even though you know marx was a horrifying racist and came up with his plans when there were less than a billion people on earth and are completely useless in a modern society where a teenager can become a millionaire because of an app store like think about the the workers must seize the means of production from this kid tapping on his keyboard and using his phone as a computer uh it's a you know i'm just saying maybe maybe time for an update in our economic viewpoint as crypto is crypto mining the you know can require solar panels, but no uh, no human beings. Um, it's it might be time to talk about things as if we live in 2021. You know, um, mm. yeah, maybe not. But anyways, they'll continue to use this as a cudgel um, because God forbid um, the American people decide that our tax dollars might uh, be better used making sure that um, elderly people, for example, who are sure you know. Um, are on the edge of having to decide occasionally between uh, cat food and medicine, um, eating cat food themselves, by the way, um, and their and their pills for the week, um, and they're at the edge of deciding that that maybe just maybe the rest of us might want them to have an up to date uh, uh, eyeglasses prescription or hearing aids so that. Um, as we're driving to work, we don't have to worry about them careening through a red light that they thought was, uh, you know, orange and or or not being able to read signs that say this uh, exit closed as they as they fly off an unfinished highway into an apartment building. You know what I mean? Like it maybe just maybe kind of like educating children so that we have an educated workforce so that as we have more advanced businesses in this country we have an educated workforce to draw from maybe in the same zone as those things uh we we just don't want old people uh dying in their homes of of abject poverty like we had before social security um that you know people because it has the word social in it because it has to do with the interpersonal relationships of the fact that some families don't exist to uh, to take care of their elderly um that that perhaps as americans taking care of those folks because america means something and in that pursuit of happiness you have sort of a floor that you can count on is not you know indeed communism or marxism or socialism or anything but simply us as americans going we have values and we don't want anyone among us to fall below that. 
Yeah, $35 a month maximum for uh, insulin is also in there, Eli uh, is mentioning. Again, so happy birthday to uh, President Joe Biden, who, by the way, is still president and, and has been presidenting since January 20th when he became officially the president as he won the election fairly <laughs> last year and has been okay. presidenting. <laughs> Whatever. Is it wrong to rub salt in the wounds? So, you know, so, you yeah, know. exactly. Look, if they didn't pick the scab, it wouldn't be infected. That's all I'm saying. Um, just, so we got to take a break. Um, there's a lot to um, to celebrate this week and and no one is seeing it. No one, apparently, because of something that happened yesterday that I'm not going to talk about because I already talked about it on my live stream. And uh, I don't believe it deserves more conversation. I do not. So we're going to talk about uh, stuff that I'm sorry it won't make you as angry, but it might do the worst thing that someone can do. Give you hope. We'll be back. Sparks. You want to get sued? Um, so yeah. Hal Sparks is back, y'all. I love him! I'm Art. I'm Bobby. The host of Where Are They Now? Now let's get back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Hey, listen. Sir. Hey, listen. How That's far away most- are they from their microphones? I don't know, but I, I know that... Um, they're not far from the south side. That's what I know about that. That's They're amazing. on the south side yelling Wolf. into a laptop on the other side of the right They are? Really? Really? They're both north side? Oh, my God. Posers. Poser Dude, north this side. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, did the, how did that accident start seeping northward? We must build, build that wall. Build that wall. Probably the no, same kidding. way their southern accents in Kankakee. Oh, uh, or or uh, bumper stickers that say the South will rise again in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. <laughs> Get out of here, I, I man! The South. What do, what do you have a Southern accent for? You you might as well be in Vancouver at this point. I woke what up and chose ignorance. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, as ladies, just you know what? This ain't even a Southern accent. It's a tree accent. It's just you're around enough trees, this is how you do it. All right, come on. It's <laughs> a tree accent. It's a tree accent. Um, <clears throat> this is, there's a bunch of, like, obviously wailing and gnashing of teeth going on the right. And it's one of the reasons why they're clinging to the, the story from yesterday as a ginormous win. And we'll be riding it through the weekend. Tucker Carlson is famously making a documentary about what the thing that led up to the thing that yesterday, the recent unpleasantness. And in, in that, where's the good news? Where is the upside of such a circumstance? And it is simply that they need to cling to that thing which was never going to turn out any other way that it was going to turn out, as a win for their side, as if they played a part in shifting sentiment and making that happen, which they absolutely did not. Because everywhere else they look is a nightmare. The infrastructure bill that uh, th- that Biden passed is 
not it has some extraordinary things in it. And it has some stuff that Trump and the Republicans would have never thought of. But the vast majority of it, including broadband, which, uh, if you'll recall, I said was the winning strategy to bring people on board and indeed was the linchpin for getting all 19 of the senators that that voted for it on board. More than any other thing, the funding of of high speed Internet across the entire country, edge to edge, creating a situation where the businesses in what they consider flyover country their own territories, having a, the, a, the same quality of Internet as the coasts do um, has enormous value uh, for them, so much so that they could buck the, you know, any Trumpian that was screaming their way. And, and, in, the, and in the House, uh, a bunch of people could tell Kevin McCarthy to go pound sand and vote for it and get it through. Primarily, that's what did it. The rest of the stuff, these guys have watched bridges and roads rot for years. And it's not their problem as as House members or senators if the mayors or the governors who mostly take the flack for these kind of things can't repair the interstate highway system that is a federal system through patchwork through certain districts. So they don't care. They just and it's actually they've been using it for a long time. The Republicans have always used the fact that our infrastructure is failing as a cudgel against government, as against the government can't do anything right while they set upon making sure it doesn't do anything right. So pretending you want infrastructure, but not trusting who is going to do it. So no matter who's in charge, we're not signing off on it. And hence why Trump couldn't get any of the even baseline stuff that's in this infrastructure bill. Um, ultimately, $800 billion of it is stuff that's been floating in that area for a long time. Like there's, We know what bridges are ready to fail. We know what roads need fixing. We know where the lead pipes are. We know where uh, we need, you know, clean like uh, water treatment plants and sewage treatment plants and and that kind of stuff. We know these things. We know that the the electrical grid in the United States needs a smart upgrade. We've known this for a long time, decades. So why was it that Trump, the art of the deal king? The man who knows how to bring in the best people using the best words uh, turned infrastructure week into a joke. And Biden turned him into the punchline because Mm. that's what happened leading up to Biden's first birthday in office. As uh, as Gonzo in our chat mentioned, this is congratulations to uh, President Biden for his first birthday in office. Pretty spectacular. <clears throat> now, um, th- we are going to see um, a couple of things happen over the next six months. R- leading into Christmas, consumer sentiment is going to be going up because um, Americans in general, and this is, man, I saw this thing this morning on as, as I'm tweeting around, as I am wont to do. Um, it's nice when... A guy like me, who um, was literally ditching math when my math teacher at Nutrier brought the entire class down to the student lounge to get me. Who was that? Um, uh, I don't remember his name. It was second. It was second year. It was uh, my sophomore year. Before we really hung out. Like the beginning. Mr. Bird. Yeah, it may have been. Older yeah. guy? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. he became my um, my advisor uh, junior senior year, or not advisor, homeroom guy. Right. Yeah. So, so he brought he literally like I was ditching class. Word came back to him apparently that I was down in the student lounge, and he walked all the other students down to the lounge to get me. And it that's an option. Yeah. Now, granted, it was apparently because he was aggravated that I don't do homework and was ditching class, but kept testing so well that I was going to pass the class anyways. And it aggravated him. So he was like going to make a scene out of it and whatever. And, you know, it was I considered it a draw. Um, But but, you know, considering I'm that dude. Right. Considering I'm, you know, in, in this particular circumstance, mathematically, um, you know, it was like I'm, I'm not the dude who I, I would have thought anybody who's an economics uh, reporter would be retweeting things I say about math and the economy, which happen with great regularity when I'm right about these things, which I'm pretty good on. You know what I mean? Like age might have something to do with it more than anything. Is you know, once you've been around enough and you've seen the you've You're seen not the train so come old. Well, you sit at NASCAR, you see the cars come around several times. You're like, I think that one's going to stay in the lead. You know what I mean? At a certain point, you're not. It doesn't take a lot of brilliance. Anybody who's been to NASCAR, like, I think three's got a chance, man. Like, no, he didn't. Like, that's how a lot of arguments happen at those places. Like, you, yeah. So, I it, one of the big conversations we're hearing right now is about infrastructure, and there's this big burn that uh, the Republicans and the right wing media are using about Stephanie Rule on MSNBC making you know the point that Americans have a lot more money in their accounts and that's one of the reasons we're seeing a percentage drift in in inflation is because people have more money to spend and people who are selling things are jacking up the prices to make up for money they didn't make last year because yep. they can if that money didn't exist they wouldn't be able to do it and that's the case that she was making but what she Yeah and because they can people are willing to pay because they deem something <laughs> worth it they'll cancel themselves out if they're overpriced that's right. And that's, that's like right. that's like as libertarian as I get. Yeah, and, and and that is and and that will cause kind of the what they're recognizing is is in the spring sometime they're looking at leveling out and becoming more the normal arc zeroing out basically the difference between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one because of supply chain issues and those kind of things once that gets righted and then a a question of and a very strong possibility of flooding the market with goods. As a you know, as the Chinese will try to make up for funds that they're losing as manufacturing is leaving, and it has been over the last two years, but it accelerated during COVID. That they're going to flood the market with goods, causing deflationary pressure next year, which will affect how the Fed will have to make decisions and will totally upend everything that everybody's saying right now. Because you can't something as big as the economy can't wrench left and right. You know, it can't just you know it keeping it steady is a very difficult job. And if it leaps one direction or the other, overcorrection is a very dangerous thing. And that's the concern. So Market Watch put out this tweet this morning that said average Americans are paying as much. And by the way, average versus median in incomes, it's a, that they don't choose those words accidentally. Median income Americans are, blah, 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 is totally different than average Americans. And understand, mathematically speaking are paying as much as $100 to $200 for a single concert ticket, $90 for a bottle of wine, and $5 a gallon for gas. And my response was, boy, as much as is doing a lot of heavy lifting in this sentence. And that's where we are right now with the narrative. Why, happy birthday, 
uh, Joe Biden, why are Biden's numbers where they are? Is it because of reality? Or is it because of media narrative? Is it because, um, you know, well, we'll talk about it when we come back. And will it matter at Christmas? Is is Biden smiling all the time because he's seen these cars come around the track before? We'll be back. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Now I am, I am, I am Pollyanna-ish. I am a an incurable optimist. I am one of these people... Maybe because I, you you remember I uh, John I call the '90s the Sisyphus years, and you you oh, yeah. remember the day that I packed all my stuff in my car 16 days after I graduated from Nutria yeah. and drove to Los Angeles to see my dreams through. Yeah, I I went out to your first apartment. Yeah, I had I had sushi out there. That's for right. The first That's time right. ever. We recorded a song together too, actually. We, we um, did. At, at, uh, at Haim Saban's office, where he had a music studio attached yeah. to it, where he allowed us to use the space after Haim Saban, if you don't know, owns Power Rangers and yeah. now is one of the wealthiest people in the world. And famously, Every time if you I ever see Saban see, on anything like some anime thing, I'm like, oh my God, there he is. We, we knew that dude when he was at a three door strip mall office. Yeah. For real. I rehearsed Treasure Mall in the empty storefront next door. So, um, and have and your fans have like your diehards? Is there a place for them to see Treasure Mall on YouTube or something? Th- there's one episode somebody has posted, and I yeah. have in Deep Sixth. I have the episodes somewhere that I need to post and put online. Um, the outfits are fantastic, and I learned a valuable oh, really lesson are. from and that. I've, and you yeah. snuck in some definite PG jokes. Oh boy, did I! I love it. Yes. So, but I, you know, I, I'm one of these dudes who. (laughs) There's some kid who gave some real sketchy answer that, like, it was like how he (laughs) really loved his mom, and he said, "Oedipus, Oedipus. So long as you love your mother. As long as you love your mother, right? Yeah. Which is something (laughs) my mom always says as a gag. Oedipus, Oedipus. As long as you love your mother." Um, ah. on a kid's game that? show yeah yeah it was a joke it was a running gag um, and, oh. and, like, and yeah I mean my mom used to sing me to sleep when I was a kid s- singing songs out of Mad Magazine so it, understand it, it all, it, <laughs> I was like to the it tune of things yes yeah because she yeah. I didn't know the songs they were like yeah, Midler songs, songs yeah. right so anyways you you know that I packed all my stuff up and like every two years, everybody was telling me to pack it in and go home. Well, yeah, well, the bottom Without would fall fail. out every two years. Yeah, that's right. And ever and and like they knew it was any different from any other time. Like it was always. Right. I mean, you're. It, it's like it's like that. My my experience of the '90s was kind of like the movie, you know, 2012, the car chase in 2012. 
like the car is just ahead of the collapse all the time. The ground is falling out from under it, you know, as, as the earth, you know, caves in. And you're just gunning it and hoping you don't run out of road or a tree doesn't stop you. And that that was it. Like, And so I, as, as you know, am a forever optimist. You know why? Because it's a functional strategy that works. And in that, I know and I'm aware that there are a bunch of people who are going to be, uh, you know, hammering away on a, on a regular interval, probably, I mean, maybe they get orders every Thursday, to hammer away on their keyboard um, saying the Dems can't and they'll never, the Dems can't and they'll never, the Dems can't and they'll never, no matter how many times the Dems do and have. I'm here to tell you no it's a lot many- harder to be positive, and it's a lot harder to spread kindness. It is really easy to be a pessimist and to spread yep. hate. Because oh, yeah, you get because everybody instant agrees with results. You. you get instant yeah. results. Right. Every, and everybody goes, yeah, I know. And 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 uh, they don't dogpile you for it. And and I've been, you know, uh, you know, Stephanie Miller's called me a happy, clappy liberal for a very long time. <laughs> and there's a reason for that, because I, you know, I when the ACA came out, I, you know, I fully backed it. And I was the one who you know read it on a show and talked about it and all those kind of things. And um, and that was years ago. But the all through this whole thing, as I've been telling people that Dems can and do all the time. And the only time they're actually held back most of the time is when our side has held their nose, stayed home, not voted and left half more than half of the decisions up to people who hate functioning government and do not want it to exist. And any time it does function, it goes against their argument. It goes against their in you know their entire structure of running so they have to sabotage everything to prove their own point that it wouldn't have worked anyways right that's the I mean, we hear this all the time i mean you know that classically the republican in, the entire campaign argument of republicans is uh, government can't do anything right elect me and i'll prove it and that that has, as long as I've been alive, that you know, and aware of politics, you know, from Reagan's, you know, the worst thing, you you know, the scariest word somebody can hear is "I'm from the government and I'm here to help you," or you know, and that that idea, while he was running to be president of the United States, is it should be a structural embarrassment to a functioning party. Like that should be embarrassing to say now. You know what I mean? That's like yeah. think about that in the in the you know in the macro of it. Um, the scariest thing anybody in a burning house can hear is "I'm from the fire department and I'm here to help you." The scariest thing a hostage can hear is "I'm from you know the the army or the marines or from the uh, police. I'm here to help you." The scariest you know on and on. The, the, this. It, a drowning person. I'm here with a life preserver and I'm here to help you. Like this is, that's what they're fighting against when they say those things, you know, and, and no wonder if they feel that way about the emergency services, the, you know, support for people who've been through hurricanes or debt relief for people who have cancer, those kind of things. If they're against that, well, then of course they're going to, 
pretend to be for highway repairs and then do everything they can to fight it. You know, the joke of it was, is that during the Cold War, one of the things that Russia realized as far as what kind of military action they would have to take against the United States was just stand back. They're punching themselves in the face. Yeah. They made that decision. They made that material decision not to, you know, there, there is there's reason to believe that there were Russian plans to uh, set off dirty bombs, you know, uh, you know, sabotage nuclear silos in the United States, do all kinds of stuff that they were constantly thinking about trying to do leading up in the 60s. And then it became abundantly clear in the late 70s as they were atta- as the right was attacking Carter and turning a real channel, you know, a real corner against the United States as a functioning entity that the Russians were like. You know, it was basically a game of chicken. You know, could Reagan jack up the price of them, you know, in the nuclear race, which they always had to chase? Or would we bankrupt our own, you know, society where we were no longer functional? That the hell with having actual factories in the country. How do you get anything you make in that factory to market if the roads are all broken down and can't take and, and the bridges can't take trucks anymore? So this was, you know. This was the this is the Republican methodology. This is um, they are quote anti central planning because of the because they view this as a form of communism. Instead of all functioning societies have done some kind of road planning, some type of military planning, some type of pushback against infectious disease and all the other things that we do in our society. The only difference was the old societies, the monarch would take those taxes. And make a, a unilateral decision about where those taxes went. But we, in a democracy, together decide what the priority of those taxes should be. It's you know it wasn't socialism when the when the king decided roads were worthwhile or armies were worthwhile, and it's not when we do it. And it's certainly not when there's an infectious disease and you have to do something about it, or it's going to tear through the country and kill everyone. Um, and it's not wearing masks or helping everyone get vaccinated um, for all the reasons that seem abundantly clear. But the, the Democrats can do and are doing right now. And one of the things that everybody griped about was during the ACA was the the fact that they, the Democrats were forced into a position or felt they were forced into a position where they had to ask what they needed asked for what they needed in the ACA, and in the negotiation they would get less than they needed and ended up with, the, you know, the ACA as it stands. Now, notwithstanding, the, the ACA brought health insurance to 24 million people, and a lot of those people and their offsprings are alive today because of it. Let me, let me repeat that to the pro-lifers that might be listening. Are alive today, would have died without the ACA. If, and by the way, if they'd had a public option, not not I'm not talking about Medicare for all, just a public option, they could have bought into a nonprofit version of insurance that would have cost them a lot less, guaranteed them coverage, and used the extra money that they didn't have to pay on the higher premiums because the you know the Trump administration, everybody was always going after the mandate, driving the prices up. They would have had extra money to put into their families, into their education, into their jobs, into their businesses. 
because that ultimately is life, not just being living. And and so the idea that Republicans are are pro life has you know has always been a cartoon. It and the the idea that they be, believe they want to actually serve in government is an absurdity because they want to shut it down. Increasingly, if you're Ron Johnson or or uh, you know Senator John Kennedy, who spent Fourth of July of 2018 in Russia, there's a genuine question as to whether they want it shut down because of some sort of libertarian uh, hinge in their brain or because they actually are desirous of some sort of payoff outside the country. That's, it's a, that's a scary question to have to pose. But the Democrats... This article in uh, Politico right now, whole different ballgame. Dems vow they've learned Obamacare lessons in in messaging of $1.7 trillion mega bill. Huge huge boost to the nation's safety net um, and a looming midterm with the majority on the brink. A flood of GOP attack ads. That's where the House Democrats hope the similarities end between now and 2010. As they take their first pass at Joe Biden's $1.7 trillion social spending bill, House Democrats are gambling that its medley of popular family health care and climate proposals can steer them toward a radically different political fate than 11 years ago. And I agree. And the more forceful they are about it and the more fearless they are about it and the more they recognize that and, and are not afraid to use the word investment in America, which I think is like, the you know, this, it seems like a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who has a house knows you have to keep maintenance up. Anybody who um, has a new child knows that you might need another room. And and in America, when it comes to America, this is democratically speaking, this is the only house we got. And Democrats are treating it like a family with a mortgage that plans on sticking around. And the Republicans want to treat it like an apartment where they can, you know, patch the holes in the wall with uh, with toothpaste just so they can get their security deposit back before they leave in the middle of the night we got to take a break we'll be back right after this i have to we have to talk about italy when we come back we italy. have to talk about we must talk about italy you to know me, corona means italy when we come back it's the house parks radio program mega worldwide on wcpt radio chicago's progressive talk 